this is so different. Y'all, y'all sitting so far apart. Why y'all so far apart? <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Today I'm going to um, bring to you a message that, well, portion of it that I at least preached back in 2014, a section of scripture. But because of the, the times and what's happening at this period, I decided to and in the conference call that I was on yesterday, I decided to go back to a passage in the book of Acts and bring a mess- message today from chapter 10. Now, we are reading Acts actually during this time, during our prayer request, or not prayer request, but during our prayer time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We normally take a chapter, we take a book, and we read a chapter each day that we have our prayers, and then we do the prayers, and then we have a time of reading the daily bread. And so while we on the prayer line recently read this, I want to go to this passage in chapter 10 and read the first 16 verses of Acts chapter 10. And I decided to go to this passage basically because of a conference that I was on yesterday. And while we have been in our series, while we were at the church back in March, we have been in the book of Timothy. We will go back to that book and finish it. But during the time, sometimes you have to change where the Lord is leading and address issues and topics that are also current and relevant to what's happening at our time. Would you bow with me briefly for a word of prayer? We thank you today, Lord, for your wonderful grace and your glory and mercy. And as we have worshiped and sang songs and have participated in this different format, (laughs) We are grateful for the opportunity to still share the word of God and for all the help that the various ones have given. Now, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying at this time to the church. We love you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This is how it reads in the book of Acts chapter 10. And give me just one moment to turn off my my settings. Let me just change the time here so that I'm not having my screen go black. This is how it reads in chapter 10, verses 1 through 16. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. Your Bible may say regimen. A devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people, that also means to the poor, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw a vision, an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Verse 9. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, 
Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. The title of this message is When the Spotlight is Turned Inward. When the Spotlight is Turned Inward. Promise not to keep you too long. We want to be sure to get out of here before the raccoons come out tonight. <laughs> All right. When the spotlight is turned inward. This chapter has been stated to be, I mentioned this before, the most important chapter in the book of Acts. And if it's not the most important, it is one of the most important chapters actually in all of the Bible. God's mystery of what he was doing in redemptive history in the plan of salvation is seen in this chapter. In an instant, all the details of God's dietary plan are changed, even though food is not the emphasis of this particular chapter, but people are. God's almost exclusive work with the Jewish nation and his ultimate plan comes to fruition in this chapter. I had said this before. It comes to fruition in chapter 10 of Acts. Christ's death brings into focus the inclusion of the Gentiles. Point number one, if you're writing the points down, at the time of prayer, that would be Acts verses 1 through 8, chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. The Caesarea that is mentioned here has been rebuilt by Herod the Great. And he built it in honor of Caesar, and it was a very important political city. It was located on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Now, while Jews lived there, one must remember that the Romans were, were the world rulers at this time, and they had soldiers that had been stationed in Caesarea. Now, Cornelius was a centurion, and that means that he was one that ruled over a hundred men. That's what that normally means. And according to Dr. R.C. Sproul, it also was one who was a high military, who had a high military position. Cornelius was a Gentile. That means anyone that was outside of the Jewish nation. But he was a man that honored and served God, and he loved him. The Bible does not even state how he came to even believe in him. One could speculate, one could surmise that maybe he had heard of, of Jesus as he walked, or he may have heard of Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. But the Bible doesn't say, but it makes clear that he was a man who loved people, loved God. And not only that, but his household had been impacted and influenced by his life. He had accepted the God of Judah and had rejected the many foreign gods that the Romans, that they served and many of the Greeks, or whatever other gods it may have been, he somehow came to believe in the one 
and only true God. From what Cornelius knew, and from what we know of him, he was a man that not only thought of doing good things, but his act, but his words actually led to action. That's Sister Florence, those of you who hear that phone right now, saying, can you hear me now? But we, we understand that this man Cornelius put his, his actions and his, his, his words into action. Whatever he may have been thinking about, he, he did it. He, he focused on that of serving people. And I want you to note something. That it was at the very time of prayer that the Bible says that the angel of the Lord, God has sent an angel and he appeared to him. And isn't it interesting that he was told that What he had been doing had ascended up to heaven. Do you not know that God oftentimes responds to people when they are in prayer? It is at the time of prayer that the Lord responded to Cornelius. It wasn't when he was shooting dice. It it wasn't when he was cussing somebody out. It wasn't when he was doing something he had no business doing. It was at the time when he was praying that God dispatched an angel. And the angel interrupted his prayer to say, hey, Cornelius, as terrified as he was, your prayers have been heard by God. Now, that is a tremendous thing. If you go through the Bible, you will note that it is often at the time when a person is seeking God that God Respond. I told you this. I, I, I keep telling you this. It comes to my mind. It was at the time of prayer, Ramaran City, when the Lord stopped me in my track, says, no, that's not what they need. It is the word of God. They don't just need a miracle. People need to hear God's word. And if people don't hear God's word, they can't be saved. They can't be changed. Oh, you can do a lot of good things. But it's the word of God that changes. And so we find that it is Cornelius who's at the time of prayer that he receives this heavenly visitation from this angel. Now, the angel instructed him that he was to send for the apostle Peter. Now, there's something that I had not really paid attention to before. That while Cornelius was praying... And God blessed him, and we're going to deal with this briefly. The Lord did not bless Peter in his praying, but he rebuked him. But we'll get to that. The timing of God's message and what he is doing should never be missed. There's a lot of good things that people do, but people don't always do that which is most important. Now, while Peter gave a tremendous message on the day of Pentecost, He walked and was a disciple and an apostle of Christ. It is important to note that he still had faults and still had to be corrected at times because of the issues that were in his heart. He had a blind spot that God had to address. One of the things that I'm I'm fascinated about Cornelius and I appreciate is that when God spoke, he acted immediately. Do you not know that there is really a blessing in acting promptly when the Lord tells you to do something? 
I, I know sometimes when we are told to do something that we want to procrastinate. We don't want to do it. We don't want to carry it out. We want to do something else. You know, when there's something that I don't want to do, I can find everything else at that time to do. This is what I should do, but I don't want to do that right now. And so I can find this thing to do over here because I'm trying to avoid. But when God speaks, you need to be sure to do what he says. So vitally important. Point number two, Peter's prejudice exposed. Peter's prejudice exposed. And if you want to add a tag along to that, Peter's prejudice exposed at the time of prayer. We note that it was a time of prayer. The Lord comes to Peter. And it is interesting that while it is said of Cornelius that his prayers has been answered because of his faithfulness, this is not the first response to Peter. There is an internal inspection that God forces Peter to look at. Whenever the Lord comes to you, he makes you take a look internally at yourself. Now, while many people are pointing the finger and saying, look at those or look at that person, God often will shine the spotlight right on you, which goes right along with our title when the spotlight is turned inward. There is an internal inspection that God forces Peter to look at. Your prayers may actually be a time that God reveals a problem in your life that needs to be addressed. Listen to God when you pray. There may be even a passage of scripture. There are three things that I note here about this matter of prayer. Prayer exalts God. Prayer exposes you. And prayer extends mercy. Prayer exalts God. Prayer exposes you. Prayer extends mercy. Number one, prayer exalts God. Prayers are directed towards God and therefore it exalts him and recognizes that our help comes from him. It exalts God. Prayer is, is meant to, to exalt God. It is meant to show God his worth. We can never give God what's really due him, but it's to really highlight and to exalt him. It recognizes that our help comes from God. It forces us to look outside of and beyond ourselves to the one God who really can help us. Do you not know that when you focus on God, he has a way of focusing on you and blessing you? But prayer exalts God. We see, we see that in the time of Cornelius and we see that even with Peter. Number two, it exposes you. Prayer exposes you. When you are open to God's will, there is an evaluation that takes place. Prayer allows God to pull back the curtain of your heart and to reveal to you what's really there. You hear me? It exposes you. It allows that curtain to be pulled back and to reveal what's in your heart. Behind the curtain in Peter's heart, there was prejudice. Wow. Here this mighty man of God who's healing the sick, who's who's doing a great and a wonderful work, filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet there's prejudice that has to be exposed behind the curtain. God used the example of a dietary vision 
to drive home his point, even though this was not a matter about food, it really went further to that which lies in the heart of people. And specifically for Peter, it was a prejudice. We see that, I believe, also in Galatians when he's confronted by Paul. Why would God really take time to expose the heart? Why would he even want to do that? Because God is not wanting to leave you where you are. You see, you really can't look to another to fully satisfy you. God puts people in our lives so that we can, they can be a blessing to us and we can be a blessing to people. But we need to understand fully that our life and our sustenance, our help comes from the Almighty God. The third thing here about prayer is that prayer extends mercy. Now, before I deal with this matter here, when the Lord brought to Peter in the exposure, there were many animals that God had let down in this vision from heaven, this sheet, with all types of four-footed creatures and animals that none of y'all even would want to eat. It was not on your dietary plan And so I know when y'all do a diet, that wouldn't be one of them. No reptiles, no things such as that. You be thinking, no, I don't think so. But the Lord told Peter, I want you to do something, Peter. I want you to get up from your prayer, and I want you to kill, and I want you to eat. Peter was horrified. I have never, ever eaten anything unclean. And this stuff here is off of my list. Peter must have been thinking, what is God doing? Shouldn't know me better than that. I don't play that. I'm Peter. Look at my resume. I will cut off your ear. (laughs) Get up and kill this and eat it. I don't think so. The Lord said, Peter. Don't you dare call anything unclean that God has cleaned. Oh, my goodness. This happened three times. Peter, get up, kill, and eat. Now, don't forget the important piece here. Peter is in prayer. God interrupted the prayer meeting. Not really, but he did. To do what? To expose, to pull back the curtain. Because why? Because God has an audience right there. He has a captive audience. There are some times as I just divert for a moment, when sometimes I'm driving in my car, I will turn off the radio. Why? Because there are times when I just want to think about something and commune with God. And I have been absolutely amazed. Of what God will do in that quiet time between Marin City and by the time I get home to Roner Park, I will turn off the radio. Why? Because there is a time of quietness that I just want to have with God. And it is often during those times when he will reveal something to me in my spirit. Now, for everybody, for those people that's always hearing voices, please, I'm not one of those individuals. Some people, some people hear the Lord all the, all the time. Boy, I, I'm not one of those. Just ever so often he will speak to my spirit and drop a truth, a revelation that I know is from God. And in fact, there was something, a, a word that he placed in my heart 
when I did my first revival down in Garden City, down in Southern California, Garden Grove, he told me on my way home to preach from the book of Hosea. I said, for a revival? Hosea, wait a minute. Gomer, Gomer, wait a minute. The book of Hosea for a revival? Now, if you understand the book of Hosea, it was the Lord told him to go marry a prostitute. And the Lord had told him that it was his people had treated him just like they were a prostitute. You had gone after other guys. I said, oh, Lord. And, 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 and I wasn't sure because I'm thinking, this is my first revival, Lord. These people don't know me. The book of Hosea is not, is not revival material, just to, let, just to let y'all know that. Don't think about, just, 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 just know Hosea is not one of those books. But the Lord pressed it upon me. That was the book I was to preach from. And I'm going to tell you this. When I got through with the first night, I was out in the lobby <laughs> And a white gentleman with one of the members said, you are a brave man. <laughs> you are a brave man. <laughs> but what you don't know is the message of Hosea really is a book of God's love. And that was the message. But you got to look at that. That was what God had gave me. But it was the book of Hosea. So you got to turn things off at times. To hear God. So it's at this time that the Lord takes to expose the heart of Peter by pulling back the curtain. Then he extends mercy. The Lord had already told Cornelius where Peter would be, and, he, and, the, and, the, and the centurion sent one of his guards, and he sent a couple of his faithful servants, and he told them just what house to go to, what place to stop at, and he said, go to Simon's house the tanner. Now, what is Peter doing at the tanner's house? Because the tanner works in leather. Animals hide. And Peter's all talking about what he don't eat and whatnot. And here he is at the house of a person he wouldn't even normally be at. But the Lord in his mercy said, now, Peter, downstairs coming are some men that I've sent. Now, you go with them. So what does God do? And the third point that I mentioned in the prayer, he extends his mercy to Peter by saying, now, you go and you minister because they need to hear the word of God. People, don't you understand how important it is to extend mercy? Peter was positioned to hear God, and it was tremendous. And therefore, it's important to understand that America has been given a tremendous opportunity to hear God in the midst of the situation that has even now happened, even with George Floyd. A tragedy that has happened. We see a prejudice back in the time of this matter, but everything is not about prejudice. But in this matter, this, un this tragic thing has circulated around the world. But right here in the Bible, in the book of Acts, we find Peter having a problem. You, you see, if you're not careful, you can have a situation to where you say, we want to be treated fairly and equally, that is true and we should. And this matter is important. But understand this. The spotlight is ultimately going to be turned right back on you to look at. It's okay. What is it that I also need to do? Because once you put something out, you've got to be willing to also extend mercy. You've got to be willing to extend forgiveness and kindness. 
The Bible says, yes, be angry, but sin not. There is a righteous anger and the righteous indignation that God has, but the Bible says don't sin. And so when we conclude and look at this final thing that we see here with Peter, we find that God in his mercy has him go to a place where he would never step foot in. And the Bible, if you keep reading that story, you will find in the story that not only does Peter go, but when Peter preaches the word of God, in fact, almost as soon as he starts, the Bible says they are all filled with the Holy Spirit. God did a work to transform a people that Peter would have excluded. Peter would have never gone to them. And God may put you in a position and situation where you may have to go to a person and to people that you would never go to. Why? Because God is in the business of what? Extending mercy. So, when the spotlight is turned inward, what do you do? What, what's your plan and what are you going to do when you have to take a personal inventory, but I have to tell you this, that revelation may not come until you get alone with God all by yourself in prayer. Remember this, it was Cornelius that was praying when God says you are a blessed man and your prayers have been coming up, God hears them. And it was Peter who was rebuked, but God extended mercy. And so at this time, if you want to hear the Lord, then you need to get with him by yourself and spend some time with him. During this un unprecedented time of this coronavirus, having to have a service outside is a blessing. And at the same time, there's so many details to work out. So many little things that can go on and happen and go wrong. But you know what? God is worthy and all glory goes to him. We love him and thank him. Today, Lord, we are grateful to you for your goodness and your mercy. For allowing us the privilege to be here at this time, to be able to come together and to worship you, to be able to recognize that, Lord, there is a spotlight on us and we have to look inwardly. We pray today that as we have spent time here honoring and worshiping and listening to the word of God, that there will be a serious evaluation, a serious looking inside at God ourselves and what we need to do and how we need to extend mercy and how we need to have the spotlight shined on, Lord, areas of our lives where there may be something that God needs to be cleared and cleaned and rectified. So we pray today that we will allow you to do a work in us that only you can do. We bless your name. We honor you. We recognize that our dependence is upon you. And we love you for who you are. Now be honored, be exalted, and be glorified. We thank you in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen, 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 amen.